Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dudes Who Like Movies, a nonprofit movie podcast where we talk about movies. Did I say we talk about movies? Because I said it like three times already. So, um, yeah, uh, I am Dan. With me, as always, is my uh, co-host, Alec. And uh, we are going to talk about, well, we're going to follow up on an episode that we did a couple weeks back. Uh, we talked about movies that disappointed us in that we paid to go see them, and they sucked. Uh, so now... We are going to do movies. Let me find the thing. I literally just saw it. Uh, movies that we were pleasantly surprised by in that we paid a ticket to go see it. We didn't expect it to be good, and it was. So, Alec, do you want to get us started? Sure. So, for me, I get, well, it was critically acclaimed, but for me, it was Mad Max Fury Road in 2015. The only reason why is because I had seen the originals, and when you get a reboot, any series nine times out of ten it's not good mm -hmm. so i saw they were doing mad max again i said <coughs> i don't know because i know it was tom hardy i was like well it has tom hardy so there's a there's a shot i guess but again reboots are 50 50 and obviously as everybody knows about fury road it, it was fantastic everybody i mean the story with mad joe the visuals it, and it was just really good. I think that movie, like, we can talk about it. I think we might have actually talked about it when we talked about The Road Warrior. I think we because did. I hadn't really seen Mad Max before, and I really like story, then we didn't really have, it was pretty weak in the story department, but I can, I can definitely understand where you're coming from. It was weak in the story department, because, I mean, it was kind of weird with the whole Mad Joe thing, where he was like, don't get addicted to water, drink mother's milk, and then they kind of kill him, and they don't really explain why, but then they just leave the water flowing but like it kind of wastes it which is weird but yeah yeah it, it was a weird story but like you weren't expecting like a reboot to actually be decent though mm -hmm. that's what actually surprised me about it because i just thought it was gonna be just another trash reboot yeah i can understand that um let me see here your face is frozen so if we come into technical difficulties we'll edit around it but basically um one that i wanted to see are you still there alec because you're frozen on my screen. So this one, um, my, I guess she was my girlfriend at the time, wanted to go see this movie, and um, I didn't really care to see it, but I saw it, and it was actually pretty dang good, was um, Adrift with, I think her name is Shalene Woodley, or whatever her name is. Um, I don't think I've heard of that one, unless I'm a true story of this woman who was living in, I think it was like Australia, New Zealand or something like that. And, um, she and her fiance took a boat. They were supposed to take it to Hawaii or something. And uh, they got into a really bad storm and they were basically just adrift at sea for like, I don't know how long it was. But I think it was like maybe like a month or so, maybe more. Um, it was actually pretty good. And I mean, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't really expect much, but, um, performances are good. I thought the uh, pacing was really good. Um, the romance in the movie was really believable, and yeah, it, it was. I enjoyed it. I can dig that. Yeah. What else one you got? Controversial one. I thought Transformers: The Last Night was not that bad. All right, everyone, it was great. We're gonna go ahead and end this episode right now. It, it still wasn't great, but it had a lot more heart. And it was more entertaining if you just went in there and you're like, you know what? Just going to watch it. 
Because I remember Daryl let me in because I saw it because I paid a ticket and he was like, here's a t-shirt and a badge because it's opening night. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I still have that stuff. And he was like, you can go watch it in the Big D. But And I was like, okay. So I go and watched it and I said, you know what? This is much better than the last one. I mean, it still wasn't great. It was still... I was going to say, I think... Go, I mean, I still have not seen The Last Night or whatever it's called, but um, I think with the bar that the last one did, Age of Extinction, it was so low that... It, 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 yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, it was... I was actually surprised that this one, I, I had a lot more fun watching, I guess, is the term. I, I mean, mean, I'll take your word for it. I still have not seen it. It still wasn't great. I'm not going to lie. But I had, I was actually surprised that this was actually better than Age of Extinction because I... I mean, considering how low, like you said, that one went, I didn't think it could get. Age of Extinction was a certified turd. Anyway, but no, that's that's an interesting pick. I didn't expect that. Um, I I I was if you watch it, I mean, you have to. It's like Gideon's and Biscuit Theory. You kind of can't go into it being like, you know what, I hate this, or this is gonna be a serious. Like you have to have a slow. Unex- not expecting the uh, mindset going into it. Sure. Well, I mean, just, one that I was going to say was, so growing up, and we'll talk about this um, if we ever do a episode about this series, but growing up, I, ne- I you know, in our age, Harry Potter was the prime, you know, we were the prime targets, you know, we read the books and, you know, movies came out around the same time. I didn't read either or watch them when they came out, except I saw uh, my friends invited me to the last one that came out in 2011, Deathly Hallows Part Two. And um, I don't know if they paid for it or if I did, but either way, um, <clears throat> I actually really enjoyed that as, as not having seen any of the previous ones, except maybe Sorcerer's Stone when it came out. Um, mm. that just, I think that's more of a testament to how good that series is. But, you know, having put it off for years and like, you know, wanted to go see it with my friends and whatever. And I pleasantly was surprised when I saw that movie. So, mm. yeah, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And then now I'm a, now I'm a, Potter fan. My house is uh, Hufflepuff, so. I can dig that. Yep. I'm a Raven Claw myself. I was tested at Orlando University, so Orlando Universal Resorts. Nice. I got mine through actually like Pottermore, so. The What's hat funny is, I was Ravenclaw. I went to this um, Harry Potter themed thing in this town down by Harrisonburg, and mm-hmm. um, I think it was Stanton, and basically. Um, <clears throat> The sorting hat they had there. Well, it wasn't a sorting hat, but it was a person. They, she, she said I was Ravenclaw. I'm like, ah, no, you're wrong. I'm Hufflepuff. But anyway. Um, but yeah, and then what's another one for you? Another one for me that honestly really kind of surprised me was Baby Driver. I, I mean, I know I, Edgar- I had heard that it was really good, and I know Edgar Wright is that kind of I, – I was expecting it to be good. I, I, I knew about the Cornetto trilogy, and I was like, all right. Etc. Right. I really loved Hot Fuzz. I really liked Shaun of the Dead. I really liked um, World's End. World's End. But this is something that, like, I'm not a hundred percent on because it's kind of different than what he's done. Because normally his movies center around Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, mm-hmm. right? So I was thinking, all right. I know he also did uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm-hmm. He made something writable. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go into this one. This might be his first um, misfire. 
because it was just something that was kind of weird, mm-hmm. right? Based on what I had seen. And then Kevin Spacey said, and I looked at the and the balls on that kid, and I was like, Oh, Kevin Spacey. The balls on this man. That actually got me hyped because I remember singing along to part of the uh the songs, and I was getting real hyped too during all the uh chase scenes. And then mm-hmm. when Jamie Foxx caught on to him like he was trying when he was trying to leave. And then he drove the uh, car into a um, into the steel girl uh, girl yeah. that hailed Jamie Fox, and then also the, the way he went into like the backstories of all the people, like um, oh god, what was what's that actor's name? But John Hamm. John Hamm, where his character was in there with that that stripper, and he was like, "Oh, I know you. You're a family. You used to be a family man. Ran a big old business." got bored of it, left your wife and kids and hooked up with this whore. And then you started pulling guns and stuff. And then he, he's just like, Hey, he's getting all offended. And I'm just like, damn, damn. That's, 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 that's so weird. It's so different. I liked it a lot. Nice. Well, um, one that, um, I mean, I, I like baby driver too. I, I guess I didn't like it as much as other people did just because I don't know. I have my taste Edgar Wright. I definitely love hot fuzz. Um, I guess it was just <clears throat> that certain movie for whatever reason wasn't exactly my t- my cup of tea. I think mm. it really went out, buddy. Oh, did it go? Oh, shoot, hold on. I hate this. Um, but while you're figuring that, I'll mention one that I saw that I really enjoyed was um, and this is a movie like I expected it to be okay, but like the trailer really got me interested, and I kind of just expected it to be like a generic action flick. Um, and the but yeah, uh, Kingsman: The Secret Service was so good. Oh my god. The the second one, the Golden Circle, was still good too, but it, it just was nothing well, compared one, to this. One, I mean, it's 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 got the trap, the classic, you know, hero's tale where this guy, you know, he's introduced to something that's bigger than he is, and he has a mentor and blah blah blah. But just the style of that movie is awesome. The action, the set pieces, like there's that scene where they're um, jumping from the parachutes and they're trying to figure out whose one doesn't work, and then. Um, oh, what's the word? The acting of um, just the characters, like. I don't know, like, I'm trying, like Sam Jackson in that movie is great, you know, as the bad hey, guy. You, you almost, you like sympathize with his plan. You're like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. He's like, you know, where the earth is having a fever, global warming, because we're trying virus. to virus human beings. So he's trying to wipe out like 90% of the world with that uh, software to make him go insane. Yeah. So that's and- why he's in the world of phone. And I'm just like, you know, Maybe Thanos was right. I mean, considering that's been like the main uh, was it the main uh, goal of every other villain for what last three four years. I mean, you had Thanos, Sam Jackson. You had um, I know this is a dumb movie, but I really liked it. Of course, the Brothers Grimsby, where had that one girl who released that virus oh, yeah. to your world. You know, I think that's been just a lot and uh, of a uh, villain uh, mm-hmm. goals. And honestly, like even the scene, about it. the scene in Kingsman were like, you know, what I'm talking about Freebird, where he goes to that church and he just, yeah. That was a good scene. Yeah, that that whole scene alone is worth the price of admission. But it's just, it's funny, it's entertaining. The ending of that movie is great. <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? They they had explosion the confetti. Yeah, but. Yeah, um, that was a movie I was very pleasantly surprised by. Um, 
And then why don't we do one that we saw in the same theater together? We saw it at the same time. Um, did you remember Sing? Oh, yeah, the poor man's utopia, you called it. I, looking back, they're both equally good movies, you know? I think I like Sing a tiny bit more just because I feel yeah. like it's not, try, it's not as political, I guess, as Utopia, which is fine in its own right, but I like this one. It's just a simple kids movie about a guy just, you know, trying to put on a good show. I like that. Yeah, he's trying to keep his theater after all these years of having it because he, you know, he was like, I used to be so great, and then it just kind of went downhill, which happens with time. Well, I think he was never really great. He wanted to be great because his, you know, his... What? Oh, that's right, because it was his dad's theater, wasn't it, before? And then, um, like... His dad took him to the theater, and he eventually bought it, I think, is what happened. Oh, yeah, that, okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. Because, yeah, he was sitting there, because the little he was like me, because he was a little koala. He was like, I remember watching all the lights and stuff, and then he eventually bought the theater, and then, of course, as time goes on, more people were not into musical theater, and so it just kind of went down. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Uh, like I said, it's just a nice, you know, harmless but still entertaining kids movie. Because, like, I mean, the difference between that and, like, uh, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, that and the Angry Birds movie, which is another movie I was pleasantly surprised by. But um, the thing is, this was original. It wasn't trying to, like, you know, show you, oh, hey. You know, the Angry Birds, you know, this was like its own thing and it told a good story, had good characters that you liked. Um, yes, it does have the thing where like every pop song that was popular at the time is in it, but they do it, they use them in a way that actually makes sense with the story, you know, like, um, I like, what is it, um, the the ape sings an Elton John song that really fits with his, his, yeah, his situation. Um, yeah, yeah, where um, after he was talking about how he got his dad put in jail because he was supposed to get a BB getaway driver uh, for them. And he sings Elton John, I'm Still Standing. And then, um, uh, what is it, the uh, the elephant who's really um, insecure, she sings a Stevie Wonder song, I'm pretty sure, at the end. Yeah, I think it was Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, just like I said, it, it does have that dated part of it where, you know, it's just got the songs. <laughs> They're, they're but, not going to be like, kids aren't going to be like, oh, I know Elton John and they're going to, yeah, but exactly, I mean, it's, like, you I know. the emotion behind the song is why they picked them, not just because they don't, I don't think they're expecting kids to understand who Elton John was or who Stevie Wonder is. I think there's like this list, like maybe get them interested into it, you know? Sure. Like, oh and, God, that song. Yeah. And like I said, I always like movies with heart and that movie had heart. Um, oh, definitely. Definitely. And since I already mentioned it, I should probably bring up um, the Angry Birds movie. Here's the thing. I saw it, and I didn't think it was going to be um, good. It was funny. It was based off, what? It was funny for what it was. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. When I say pleasantly surprised, I mean I was pleasantly surprised in that it made me laugh a few times, and it wasn't boring, you know? I can do that. And it didn't just shove your face with, oh, hey, reference, 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 which, I mean, it kind of – there were points, but – it made me laugh, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, and then, let me see here. What's another one for you while I mark it off my list here? Oh, this is going to be another controversial. I already mentioned it, the Brothers Grimsby. <sighs> see, listen, Mark Strong can play one hell of a fucking secret agent. The problem is he was doing it in a movie where he wasn't he wasn't utilizing that 
Um, cause Mark Strong is a badass. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But like, if it, if you would put Mark Strong as like 007 or another secret agent movie, like, um, what's that one I watched that was really good? Atomic Blonde, where it's like its own sort of thing and its own sort of setting. If you gave that to Mark Strong and he was actually portraying an MI6 agent, I honest to God would love it based on his performance in the, in that he movie. He's a Vaughn villain if he isn't already, but you know. He should be. But um, with this Brothers Grimsby movie, it took that and put it into an, a, a, a situation that wasn't serious, but also it kind of was like kind of depressing at some points. Like I remember getting like sad when I was explaining their backstories, like, you're my brother. And he's like looking at uh, Sacha Baron Cohen, this like drunk uh, British. Yeah. And he's like, my brother, what the hell are you talking about? And then he's explaining their whole backstory, how they were playing soccer one day, and the co- this officer who they knew was like, sorry, your parents are dead. And they're at their funeral, and they get split up at the orphanage. And like that was just real depressing. And, I was, and he was just like thinking about it. He would like go like the train yard and be like a flashback. And he's like, my God. And then um, it kind of just devolves from there, obviously, into like some stupid things. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a good movie for what it was. I mean, there yeah. were some parts of it that... It like, definitely surprised I, me at some parts. I'll just leave it at that. It made me chuckle with the elephant. And you know yeah. what I'm talking about. That, that was movie, not so much... It, it was surprising, but it, it made me... Um, yeah. The, 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 don't, you even, gotta, don't even. Don't even. No, no, no. I there's a poison course through my veins. You have sixty seconds. Anyway, um <laughs> the last thing that surprised me in, in all in all seriousness, what was just the amount of like stupid heart it had where they were like clearly she was clearly trying to get his brother's affection, even though they hadn't seen each other in twenty years and he set up his whole room like in his house the way he had left it like everything that he had owned and liked i thought that was funny some of the joke didn't age well but still i I liked it yeah well um since we're we're talking about comedies i got two of them here for you and i think you'll agree with me on them um one were the millers like i thought it was just gonna be a generic comedy but that movie is hilarious (laughs) just you know i'm talking about the one with jason sudeikis and jennifer aniston the barbershop scene where he was asking for a haircut, that one Give me a haircut makes that makes me look like I go to go to a nine-to-five job, and then I come home to a wife, and blah, 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 and then, you know, I drink this all without putting a bullet in my head. The guy's like, right here. Yeah, he's like, hey, right here. And he just, like, whistles at him, like, what's just, point you know, it's, it's kind of mean humor, but it's it's still got a heart, too, where they, they learn to be a family. Yeah. <laughs> the part where that one guy... The part where the one kid actually makes out with both Jennifer Aniston and Emma Roberts. It's just like, what? But. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, it, it wasn't annoying and it wasn't mean-spirited. So, definitely, that, that gives me, it gives it an edge in my book. But, um, and just some of the jokes I didn't expect. You know, it's like, hey, do you guys want anything, too? Like a Gatorade, so you have enough electrolytes while you're jerking each other off or something? And, but, anyway, um. Another one, and I think I've told this story before, but basically I was working at the theater, I was sick, and I had to deal with a bunch of crap from um, some customers uh, who were, you know, as you do at the theaters. And um, so that night, my mom, my brother, and some friends of ours, we went to the Alamo, and we saw Ted 2, and I love that movie. 
Like, not even just like it was a fun laugh after a hard day. Like, the first like twenty minutes of that movie have made me made me laugh harder than I have in a theater in a while. Like, because I have not watched that movie in a long time. But the only thing I can remember honestly is the improv scene where they go to the improv club. So, like in the first ten minutes, you have Ted and a wife beater fighting with his wife, and just that's funny in itself. And then he yells out, goes outside and yells, and his neighbor starts yelling at him, and it's like a traditional like Boston, you know, yelling at each other thing, and. Um, then you get the scene with, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the sperm bank. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the jokes are recycled from family guy just cause that's how Seth MacFarlane is. But yeah. Cause I honest to God feel like he wanted to do something where it's like, this is Stewie and Rupert grown up. You know, I could believe that, but, um, right. I don't know. I honestly think it's better than the first one because the first one, which was, was more of a generic, you know, like it, it was, it wasn't it just had some annoying but like moments like the thunder buddies thing yeah i like that was just more annoying and and catchy than it was actually funny no the the second ted movie i thought was much funnier like the first five ten you know 20 minutes made me laugh and even throughout the whole movie like there's that scene where donnie's trying to kidnap him again and he he finds him by singing Sweet Caroline, and then it reverses to him singing that uh, Paula, Paula Abdul song or whatever. I think we're alone now. I don't know if that's oh. or whatever. So, anyway. Okay. I haven't seen that one in a long time. I have to rewatch it. I, I don't even remember how long it's been since I've seen it. That movie made me, made me laugh very hard. It, yeah, it, I remember laughing at the, something with Tom Brady. I remember right if I remember right. Oh yeah, they're trying to get Tom Brady's uh, seed in order yeah. to um, to impregnate uh, his wife, wasn't it? Yes, that's that's right. Not that's the kid, right. and so they're trying to get Tom Brady to be the father, and <laughs> the perfect spiral. I I can laugh at that, even though I'm I mean I'm not a Patriots or a Tom Brady fan, but I can still laugh at that. He's the goat, so yeah. I mean, I can laugh at it too. <laughs> but anyway um they're saying it's him and not the team so the patriots were only good when he was on them so the patriots are really hacks anyway um 100 true but all right anyway on the back um, um, with, uh, with another one here um go ahead you, another, you say one ooh, right. another movie that actually really got me was manchester by the sea i don't know if you ever okay. saw that I remember I've not seen it, but I know what happens. I remember I um, had seen the Will Smith because it came out around the time Will Smith put out a movie. Um, what the hell was that movie? I'm pretty sure Manchester by the Sea came out in 2016, so that would have been around the time that he put. Oh, oh, what's that movie? Oh my gosh, I know what you're talking about. Some happiness where his where um, he he his kid dies and he's. Going through a divorce, but the therapist is actually his wife. Hold on, let me let me find the name of that movie because I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm really gonna I, I hated that movie. I saw it. It's it's what am I? Collateral Beauty. That's it. I after watching Manchester by the Sea, I just realized this movie I didn't like it because Collateral Beauty's whole thing was. I understand it's a very sad situation, but what it's doing is it's like this guy shut himself away, but then he starts to communicate little by little. And it's just like, 
I don't know. To me, that just didn't seem as believable as Manchester by the Sea. I mean, of course, it could happen. Don't get me wrong. But if, when I watched Manchester by the Sea and, and the tragedy that happened there, mm-hmm. where, I mean, spoiler alert, it's been five years, he get he and his friends get drunk and they get high, and he, he goes out because his wife is complaining about um, using – I think it was she didn't want him to use baseboard heat because the dust gets in there and she has allergies. And so he just uses a log fire, which is something that, you know, a lot of people in New England use. And then he's like, oh, shoot, I have to go get some beer and diapers and other things. So he goes down to he has to walk. Obviously, he's drunk and high. He walks to this convenience store. And as he's coming back, which I think it was like, like he like he think he said like a mile or two away on foot. And then a mile or two back. So he's walking quite a distance. And he comes back. His house is on fire. And it turns out that he thought he put the gate up. But a log rolled down to his carpet. And it burned his house down and killed his two kids. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really upsetting. And um, he had moved away for a while. But he had to move back to uh, his hometown where this tragedy happened. Because his brother, who's dying of cancer, had passed away, and his nephew needed obviously someone to say, take care of him because he's only a teenager. And then you have to deal with that kid who's like, you know, he, I remember one scene that got me because uh, my grandmother was, was still uh, battling cancer, and um, you know, we didn't know when she was going to die, and he was like talking to. Uh, to uh, Casey, uh, God, I'm forgetting his last name already. Well, we don't need yeah. to spend too much time on this movie. He was talking to him, and he was like saying, "Like, you know, I don't want to think about his body in a in a freezer and a and an effing freezer." And he starts just crying, and he starts like falling to the ground into his arms. He's like, he didn't know what to do, and he's trying to deal with all that, but he does it in like a very like healthy way, where he kind of has to accept that this is what happened. And he kind of has to, you know, live with himself. He has to learn to live with himself. That's what surprised me about it. It was just, it was superhuman. I mean, it, it was just a very human movie. I can understand that, yeah. Um, another one th- that I thought was really good in terms of, like, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was that I saw in theaters I mean, that's what the whole video is about. But I mean, like, I really did not expect this to be that good because I hadn't seen any of the previous movies. But Creed, Creed was really good. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. My the, God. The, the, the Rocky franchise, I thought it was done. And then I thought they were going to do something. Well, I had heard so many mixed things about Rocky because I think, like, the, the first four are good, then five sucks, and then six is okay. And then this would have been seven. The first one's good. Then the one, again, then, of course, then there's, there's uh, the one against Mr. T, which is, Somewhere like or meh on it. Then there's of course the the one that everybody knows, which is Dolph uh, Lundgren, the fourth one, right? It's Dolph Lundgren, yeah. Where he's like Drago. The fourth one, I was kind of mm, lukewarm. The f- fifth one, I didn't like. I think was that Rocky Balboa. No, that's the that's the sixth one. That's oh, that's the sixth Rocky. That's the one I didn't like. Was Rocky Balboa. Because it, he was just like a fickle old man, and this like young guy was like, "Hey, if you're just the best, why don't you fight me?" It's like, D- wait a minute, you like this like 
20, 30 year old guy who's calling out like a 50 something year old. Creed Creed had real heart and human emotion to it where Michael B. Jordan plays Apollo's Creed, Apollo Creed's, excuse me, illegitimate son. And he wants to live up to his legacy. Oh yeah. So enlists Rocky to help him and Rocky has to fight cancer. So it's really human and you're rooting for Rocky and him as well as he's, you know, finding love with um, that one girl, but. The girl that's progressively getting deaf, the musician. What I liked the most about was Creed was I it didn't shy away from Rocky's past like like the scene where he walks up to the uh, the cemetery goes up the hill and he pulls the chair down and he's like talking to Adrian and to um is that the one where he reconnects with his son or is that Creed two? That's Creed. I think it was Creed. two because that movie was all about fathers and sons, right? Number one, he mentions he had a son who liked to fight, but they don't talk no more, and then. Uh, then um, Michael Jordan looks at the picture of Sylvester Stallone with um, the guy, the kid who played him. And he's just kind of like, damn, you know, that's sad because obviously he didn't get to know Apollo Creed because Apollo Creed was obviously killed in the third movie. Yeah. But, but yeah, Creed was, I honestly God, I was like, eh. but then when they tacked Rocky onto it and they kind of intertwined the two, I was like, this is a really fucking good Oh my god, that, those are fantastic movies. If you haven't seen them, go watch them, please. Yeah. And then, so I, I was going to talk about Silence, but I didn't see that in theaters. I saw it on a plane. So, oh my god, you mean one of my favorite movies? I watched three times. Yeah, but we don't have to talk about that because it's not a movie I saw in theaters. Um, what about? And I don't really have to talk about that one or that one because you have to be going here soon, right? I got about twenty minutes. Okay, so a couple movies that I saw in theaters while I was working at the theater that I saw that I did not expect to be as good as they were, but they were. Did you, you weren't working at the theater when Age of Adeline came out, right? When what did? Age of Adeline with Blake Lively. Blake Lively, I think is her name. No, I did not. I knew what it was, but I didn't watch it and I was not working at the theater. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I mean, I'm not saying it's like Citizen Kane or anything, but it was enjoyable and Blake Lively gives a good performance you know I haven't really seen her in much else and yeah it's interesting it's an interesting movie about a woman who doesn't age and you know she tries to find love and you know how do you find love when the these guys are what 50 70 years younger than you so yeah it was something like that and Harrison Ford's in that movie too and he does a really good job I, I I heard of the movie and I knew bits and pieces of it but I just never got to see the entire thing like i get the general idea of what it is but i just haven't watched it yet and then another one was the woman in gold which actually stars ryan reynolds with blake lively's husband but did not watch that one at all never even heard of it this is a movie and actually you might like this for history so you remember how the nazis would steal people's um steal people's or not even people's but steal art back you know back in the when they were doing their thing they they stole a bunch of artwork they would loot museums and store it in like vaults yeah yeah so this movie was about how the nazis had stole this piece of art called the woman in gold it's actually a famous piece i've seen a recreation of it in vienna because it was actually in vienna where they stole it i think the actual one was i think well spoiler the movie they get the artwork back the whole movie is her trying to get possession of the artwork back it's it's her aunt or something it's helen mirren it's her trying to get her aunts because her aunt is the woman in the picture she's like that's my mom that's my aunt i want the picture um 
try not to say um so much. Anyway, and she hires Ryan Reynolds to be her lawyer, yada, yada, yada. But still, the history of it's really good. The acting's really good. You root for them. Because it's a woman who's, you know, her, one of her family's precious uh, pieces, you know, heirlooms was stolen and, you know, they want it back. So. Sounds like it might be something worth watching. Yeah, it's a good movie. And then I had a couple more on here. Uh, but you go ahead and mention a couple more if you want. Sure. How many Another more do one... you have? What? How many more do you have? About three. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I got about the same. All righty. Uh, the first one, this first one that I, it was actually an Oscar winner, uh, Moonlight. Uh, I had not heard anything about it. I was at the Alamo and I needed to kill time. And I always said, all right, what's playing? And I was told, well, we have two movies that I don't remember what they were. And they had, I think, uh, Hacksaw Ridge and Moonlight. And I was like, I've already seen that. So I might as well go see this Moonlight movie. Oh, my God. I mean. I've not seen it, but I know it won Best Picture. And it's it, on a lot of good reviews. That people, I remember when it won Oscar, people were saying, look, only won that because, you know, it's about a gay black guy, blah, blah. No. Watch this movie. It is from the very beginning to the end like a very sad story um, that. Well, didn't Mahershala Ali, he get an Oscar for that movie because like he was only in it for like 15 minutes for supporting and he really deserved it. I mean, his character wasn't like most important in the whole movie, but for growing the main character, he was very important. Um, But yeah, it's just the sad story of this kid who's struggling to find it growing up in the city and, and um, you know, his mom, when he's a young kid's a hardworking nurse. That's when uh, he first meets Marshall Ali, you know, and then eventually it turns out that Marshall is a drug dealer. And um, at some point when he becomes a teenager, the main character um, whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head, but uh, his mom becomes a, a pill popper. And, you know, she's in, you see like points of him looking at her and she's yelling at him and she's like, I hate you. You can read her lips. She you can't hear the audio, but you can read her lips. She's like, I hate you, blah, 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 blah. And, and then he gets bullied for being gay um, by one kid, even though the kid didn't know he's just calling him gay. Um, and I, God, it was so good. He takes a chair and just breaks it over this kid's back. And it, and it was like, yeah, get that dude, right? And then at the end, where it's the third phase of his life, he is now this, like, six-foot-two buff uh, ex-con. And, like, you know, he's he's been working out, dealing drugs, drives a lifted car. And he goes and visits his mother, and he has, like, a reconciliation with her. Um, and then he finds this guy who he had a gay experience with when he was a teenager, and he finds out that this guy works at a restaurant. Um, he was married, had a kid, and then they divorced, and now he's single. And then the end of the movie is like this big dude is like, you know, you're the only person that ever touched me. I had never let anybody else get that close to me. And then it just ends out with like him like crying um, in his arms, and he's like, it's just really sad. But it, it, it I mean, I'm not give away the whole movie. <laughs> it was so good. 
because it's kind of like a struggles of growing up and figure out who you are. And the, this case, this person's case, he finds out he's gay, um, but he doesn't really know how to accept that um, being where he is. And he doesn't fully allow himself, I guess, to like be opening up and he doesn't allow any intimacy in his life because he kind of explains that um, by saying, like, you know, I never anybody else touch me or get any close to me, blah, 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 blah. And, like, it's just, like, my God. Because, you know, it's kind of like I was a kid, my mom was a hardworking nurse, and now she's a pill popper, and I'm going to jail. So huh. it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like this kind of where a rough life can lead to, where it can lead to, like, a, a, a downward spiral of just constant violence. And in this guy's case, it was because he went from like, oh, my God, my mom is doing this. I don't know what to do to being the exact thing that, you know, caused the issues in his life where he was now the drug dealer. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, my best picture. I, I honestly recommend watching Moonlight if, if you haven't. I, I'm not. I mean, I, I mean, I know some people might not think that's a movie for them, but honestly, I, I recommend it. Sure. Uh, impartially. 2016 was a good year for movies. And then, um, my, my next one, well, you, so, okay. We, I don't think anybody expected this to be that good, but it was really funny. It had a lot of, you know, bright, colorful imagery and the characters are really bright and colorful and it made you feel happy just watching it. The Lego movie. Did anybody expect that to be that good? Honestly, no. Because I mean, it's any movie with it's very, like that. No, it's a very basic story. This guy who doesn't think he's special, just an ordinary guy, and then oh wait, yes, he is. But the way they do it again is very entertaining. They bring in characters from Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. I'm pretty sure Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Shaquille O'Neal is a Lego in that movie, and they have like Superman. So like the whole Lego universe, well, mostly anything that Warner Brothers owned at the time, but anyway, just coming together and trying to take down the guy who's going to destroy the world. And it turns out to be, you know, the kid's father and how he just has lost a sense of playability. So it's just, again, a movie with heart that I really enjoyed. I got one more, but go ahead and mention your two and let's keep it a little concise because it is almost time to go. Okay. For me, this other one is uh, Coco. Um, yeah, but and I first are, though. Can you really not expect? I mean, I what? I mean, I was expecting what I was expecting when I when I first saw the trailer is just some cutesy little kids movie. You know, it's probably not going to be as dark as it kind of got. You know, um, uh, I wasn't expect. I was just expecting some little Day of the Dead thing, but. I I remember I saw I think 15 20 minutes of it before um I actually got to see the movie cuz I remember I asked Rachel to go that was the first movie I ever brought her to and I was like after I saw 15 minutes of it cuz I was cleaning I was walking through with um god I was with somebody and we were just walking around dicking around in the theaters doing checks with them and I saw a part of it and like maybe this isn't just some kids movie. So I wanted to watch it. So I asked Rachel, um, cause this is around the time that she and I first met and she agreed. And then we, I, we sat through that God awful half an hour Olaf short. We don't short. 
Yeah. It's a very and, colorful, interesting movie about the, you know, family it, and appreciating it, it, where your past and, is. And, and, and it kind of gives you those themes of re- reverence for your elders, um, you know, bitter and loss, revenge, greed. It does all the while still respecting your family's traditions. It does all these things in a kid's movie. Yeah, exactly. I honest to God really loved Coco. Yeah. I I I recommend that one twelve out of ten. Sure. No clue. And then my last one, again, a story with this is that I was in Los Angeles and I had gone hiking up to the Hollywood sign with a friend of mine, well, two friends of mine, and we were super tired, dehydrated, because we only brought like two bottles apiece and we should not have brought that. But anyway, at the end of the day, we're chilling at my one friend's pool and he's like, you guys got to go see this movie. I'll pay for it. I'm like, okay, whatever. I had seen trailers for it. I thought it was gonna be okay. But Sing Street, man, I've, I've mentioned it before on this thing. Sing Street not only made me happy and warm on the inside, but it also had good music it had a relatable story about this kid who's just trying to find his place in the world and he learns how to express himself through music, which I can relate to. I'm sure a lot of people can. It's like you grow up, you find music that you really connect to and so you want to share it with the world and kind of express yourself through this music. I thought it was great. Beautiful movie. And yeah, the ending is the only thing that maybe just kind of makes me go meh because the ending is basically an Adam Levine song as they're trying to go from, I think, Ireland to the United Kingdom to go make music. But other than that, and also the, the love interest, the actress does a good job, but I think the love interest is written poorly because she's one of the, he basically is a simp for her in the movie before simps were a thing. But yeah, other than that, it's the music in that movie really, really makes me happy. Well, I know I have it on DVD and I really liked it when I, you told me to watch it. Yeah, I don't buy DVDs, but I bought that one. Yeah, you, I remember you recommended to me, recommended I buy it, and I actually didn't end up buying it, and I really liked it. Yeah, it's it's so good. Like if I tell you a movie's going to be really good, like at least I know you. Yeah, it'll be really good. Mm-hmm. You weren't wrong. No. Which reminds me, I do have a recommendation for you, Dan, and anybody else that's caring to listen. Oh, actually, let me grab it. I don't know if you if I recommended it to you before or if I mentioned it, but uh, coming this movie, end of the tour. Interesting. Is that Jason Siegel. Oh, okay, Jason Siegel. Interesting. And Jesse Eisenberg. So basically, when it, it has to it, it has to deal with the, um, the interviews between. Um, my, one of my favorite authors, David Foster Wallace, prior to his suicide, um, this is like a, God, like a decade before he kills himself. And um, it has to deal with him talking to Jesse Eisenberg, who's playing this interview guy, because it was right around the time Infinite Jests, which is, as you can see, I have two copies right there. Um, when that came out, it was one of the biggest books of, of, of uh, the decade when it came out. And people are like, oh, my God, who's this David Foster Wallace guy? We really like his work, blah, blah, blah. And so Jesse Eisenberg, who's playing the interviewer, goes and interviews him. And he's talking to him. And it's just you get to really learn about this guy. Like, it, it, it gets, like, sad at some points where he's talking about, like, you know, hey, what happened during this mental breakdown? He's like, I didn't, blah, 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 I didn't have this. 
you know, I have these issues. It's a very touching, very human movie that kind of um, expresses a lot of emotion. And Dan, I think you'd really like it. End of the tour. Cool. Okay. Um, any more movies you want to talk about for that pleasantly surprised you? I thought you had one more, but if not, no worries. One I had, let me think. Well, if not, no worries. I was going to say that. I was, I was going to say, I had the one, one more that really surprised me, if I'm going to be honest with you, was Disaster Artist. I could see that. I was thinking a movie about a movie. That just sounds... Oh, I like those types of movies that are about the making of something like uh, Dolomite is My Name, things like that. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. That's why I was going to say, because when I first heard about Disaster Artist, I was like, no, that just sounds stupid. But then when I get around watching, I was like, okay, this is actually fucking hilarious. And um, the thing is, too, James Franco as a director doesn't have that many, very many good movies. This one was really good. This was a knock out of the park. I mean, it was just like, it was really good. It, 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 I remember I talked to, um, to, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. He played Mark. I am blanking on his name. I know who you're talking about. Yes. I, I, cause he came to a screen at the Alamo and people are asking him like, Hey, did this actually happen when you were making the room? Did at this happen? He he would say yes. He would say no. And then he would, then I remember we did the double screening of the room and disaster artist. And at Sarah. one point he, what? Greg Sestero. Greg, that's it. Greg Sestero. Cause I did the script reading with him for the room. Um, and I remember at one point he had said there was a coffee cup in one of the scenes and people were like, what? And so we were all looking up for the coffee mug and then we ended up seeing a coffee mug, um, Oh God, what scene was it? I think it was the uh, the rooftop scene, and people were like, "Why the hell is that there?" And and then there was this the whole thing with spoons. People would start throwing spoons in the theater. It really pissed off the staff, but I mean, got everybody hyped. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was cool to see that movie, and then also really cool to actually talk to the guy who was being portrayed in the movie. Sure, you don't yeah. get to do that that often. Yeah, you can't really do that that often. I mean, Dolomite is my name is an example. I mean, I think that guy passed away about. 15, Ray, 20 years ago. Ray, Ray Moore? Yeah, he died like... like 2008, what? wasn't it? I'm going to look that up. He didn't die too terribly long ago, but yeah, go ahead. 2008. 2008, yep. Yep, so I thought. So yeah, you don't really get to do it that often, so to have that, I mean, I, I support Greg Sestero's work. I support small media. I mean... They put up some good stuff. I mean, I know they just released uh, uh, the Best Friends movie like two, three years ago. Because um, I saw that in theaters. Really good. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed The Disaster Artist a lot, too. It's one of those movies that you don't really know what to expect because it's making about a movie. Like, not only any movie. It's about the movie about the, the making of The Room, you know? Which is considered to be one of the worst movies, but it's also one of the best cult movies ever made. I mean, it, it still sells in theaters, it said, worldwide. Yeah. Anywho. Anyway. So, thank you all for listening. Uh, that concludes our series, movies that surprised us and movies that disappointed us. Now, my assignment for you, since you recommended a movie to me, Alec, is for you to watch, and I want to make sure you're listening. Yeah, I want you to see 
Godzilla vs. Kong and the Snyder Cut so we can actually talk about it a little bit more because I just saw Godzilla vs. Kong last night after I got off work and I I can talk about it but I'd rather talk about it with somebody who's seen it so get on HBO Max do a free trial watch those movies really? anyway thank you all for listening appreciate your time thanks for sitting and listening to us hope you guys have a great night and get vaccinated if you can I'm going to say something to the people who aren't listening at, or who aren't watching on Facebook, Alec. Uh, uh, movies. <laughs> <laughs>